You know, uh, I was reading an article uh, this past week that, that really spoke to my heart, and, and I'm thinking about Starting Point, and I'm thinking about our church, and, uh, and one of the things that I think is sort of rampant in our world right now is I do think we are living in, in a, with a culture of division and distraction and isolation and loneliness. Uh, just there are a lot of forces at work in this world that aren't, they're not pushing us together, they're pushing us apart, um, you know, and uh, a lot of it is subtle and it comes at us and we may not even realize it's happening, but all of a sudden we kind of find ourselves in a place that we may not actually want to be. Um, so uh, so the, the reality is that 35% of Americans report that they are chronically lonely. Uh, and uh, only 8% of Americans report having a conversation with their neighbor in the last year. I'm, tr- I'm remembering how I grew up and the way we interacted with our neighbors and the way that we are now and our lack of interaction uh, with, uh, with our neighbors in many ways. Um, 25% of Americans feel like they have zero confidants. Zero is somebody they could talk to about what's really going on in their life. Um, and so multiple studies have shown that loneliness uh, leads to heart disease or dementia or depression or anxiety. Um, and what, there's one study that... that found that loneliness is as dangerous to your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Wow. And after numerous studies, George Gallup, uh, the pollster guy, concluded this, Americans are among the loneliest people in the whole world. And, and I, think, I think all of us understand that th- this is happening around us. And, and uh, I think the influences that push towards this they're they're subtle they happen slow and but they they are definitely persistent uh, through through lots of busyness and lots of distraction um, people are being separated people are being divided people are are being are feeling lonely and feeling isolated there's all these things that are pulling us apart social media which should be actually connecting us in many ways is separating us I mean, how often have you sat in a room with people that you know and love and you're on your phone, uh, just like some of you might be right now, which you need to repent and stop, uh, and, and you're, you know, you're checking your social media. You're trying to connect with people who are not even in the room with you, people who are your friends, <laughs> you know, and then uh, it's just easy nowadays to have an overcrowded schedule where you've got no room to breathe. Um, It's becoming less and less common to sit at a table together as a family and actually eat together and connect together. And then I find this thing happening with people who actually love God and love church but to get together to worship in church starts falling uh, lower and lower on the, the schedule and the priority of their life. And so they are, they, they're just so busy with everything that coming together to worship in church um, is being stolen away from them. 
And so they, you know, they used to be at church a lot, but now they're at church once a month, maybe once every six weeks. And then the, the reality is, you know, a lot of us feel this. There's not enough time. There's not enough energy to get together, right? And then add on to that the fact that somebody might have hurt your feelings or that you might have been disappointed. And then add on to that that, that you have odd personality quirks. Come on. <laughs> Anybody got an odd personality quirk? Right, come on, you, you know, you do. Anybody that's not raising their hand, you are the one that we're thinking about. And, and, and I, I really want to really drill down for a few minutes today and talk about this idea that we are committed to connection in and through the local church. I, I believe not only can you have a, a, a spiritual experience, which we should, in church, but there's something about connection that's supposed to be happening in the house of God and through the house of God. Your life is better when you're connected to others, right? Church is better when we are connected. And God has always had this together element in mind when he was thinking about church. His idea of what of what church is. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21, 22 says, in whom the whole building is being fitted together. Everybody say fitted together. It's growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. So the idea is church is not a building you go to. Church is not a meeting you attend. Church is a family you belong to, right? And there, there is a together element that is vital to all of this. God's purpose in the earth can never be fulfilled just by, by one person. You know, nobody could do it alone. And we, we, it, we need this together element to make it all happen. So uh, all, this, uh, all this isolation, all this loneliness, all this you know, separation, all this division that's taking place, I just believe that a local church uh, is intended by God to be a place of connection, uh, a place of connection to God, of course, first and foremost, and above, far and above everything, but also a connection to people that will be a part of your team in life and, and that, will, that will be a part of your tribe as you journey through the ups and the downs of life. It, it's a connection to, to a sense of purpose that none of us could have on our own. It's a connection to promise that is, um, that is given to us. And, and when you become part of a church, especially a church like ours, that you're, you're connecting to something that's way beyond what you could ever do on your own. So, so the idea is, is this, is that all of this eventually um, would manifest itself in some kind of activity. In other words, we are, we're together, but we're not just like in some sort of cosmic sense together. We are praying together. I mean, you can't look at the New Testament church in the book of Acts and not see them getting together to pray. We are worshiping together. We are serving together. We are gathering 
together. We are giving together. Right? We are working together. And in, in an age of, of more and more disconnect, I, I think this idea of being committed to vital, life-giving connection has got to move up in, in the priority of how we choose to use our time and energy. Church is not just a meeting you attend. It's a life we share. It's a family we're a part of. It's a tribe we belong to. Matthew, Matthew 18, Jesus made this simple statement. Well, know this one, verse 20. For where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. And this is my, my personal experience. I think most of us have experienced this. When we collaborate and we come together as a body of believers, the promise of God is that He's going to be present in a qualitatively different way than just me by myself. So the worship that we have together is, is a different level. And, and the prayer that we have together is a different level. And the work that we do together is a different level. Connection is recognizing that we is better than me. Now, that's an easy phrase to turn, but uh, how many of you know that one's not so easy to live all the time, right? Together is better than isolated. So I, I want to I talk about all together. Everybody say all together. All together. Church matters. I said church matters. And being a functioning part of a church family matters. The, the community of people that are in your life matters a lot. And the beauty of, of a local church is that everybody can be a part of something that is God intended in the earth. Everybody has a part to play. Uh, everyone has a chance to make a difference. Regardless of what your past has been, God still wants to use you to make a difference. Right? Regardless of how funky your situation is now, <laughs> God still wants to use you to make a difference. I think that's the beauty of, of, of a local church, of being connected to a local church, about functioning in a local church, is that you don't have to be the smartest, you don't have to be the most talented, you don't have to be the most gifted, you don't have to be the wealthiest, you don't have to have the best social status. There's all kinds of things that you don't have to have, but you can find a place and be connected, and you can be a part of something so much greater than you could ever. You could have purpose for your life. Hello? Everybody say all together. Not some together. All together. We are better together. Life is better together. Come on, 
Loneliness is not healthy for you. Smoking those cigarettes. Imagine if you smoke cigarettes and you're lonely. Wow, that's a double portion of trouble right there. <laughs> Church is better when we're together. Not just in concept, but like in the same room. Together. Your family is better together. And there's all kinds of stuff that's trying to pull your family apart. Work is better together. Right? Even having fun is better together. Your, your brain does weird things when you're by yourself. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes, you do know. Because I know what my brain does. When you're alone too much, when you feel lonely, when you feel isolated, when you feel like nobody really cares. It's not always easier together, but it's better together. Because there's just weird people in church, right? I know, some of you, some of you are thinking, who? <laughs> Guess what? People say, you know, church, I, I don't, there's hypocrites in church. Of course there are hypocrites in church. There's hypocrites at Bilo. But you can still go there and get your groceries. Hello. It's, it's not always, sometimes you feel like you can move faster by yourself, but it's, but it's not true. And eventually, the idea of trying to do it all yourself, to be unconnected, uh, is, is going to paint you into this tiny corner called lonely, called isolated. And that's not better at all. Everybody say all, all. Together. together. Everyone involved. Somewhere, somehow, you are contributing, not just consuming. If you ain't helping, you ain't helping. So when we pray, we just pray together. Now there's a time for you to pray by yourself, that's for sure. But we do it together. So this idea that we would pray together means that you would actually show up and pray with us together. We have pre-service prayer. It's 15 minutes long. 15 minutes. You can handle that. When we give... We do it together. No, there's not people that say, ah, I'm not going to help. Because what we can do together is so much greater. And somebody might say, well, I don't really have that much. That's not even the point. The point is not how much. The point is that you are part of the deal. That you, you're, you don't have to be wealthy to give something. 
You don't. You can do something. When we serve, we do it together. Not just some people are the servers and some people are not. All together. We do it together. We do it together. So we show up to worship together. We, we grow in community together. We live generously together. What if all of us honored God with our tithe? It's an appallingly low percentage of people in a church like ours that talks about this and doesn't back away from God's both commandment and promise of what he would do in our lives when we would honor him with tithe. But what would happen in any church? There's, there's not even a church on the planet that I know of where everybody pays tithe. I'd like to be the first one. I just would like to be the first one. Amen. That we're all just saying, you know what? I could honor God with my tithe. What if we all served together? There's people that I love, but you don't do a thing. I said, there's people that I love, but you don't do a thing. You don't help at all. All together. What if we all, like, actually got to church on time and worshipped wholeheartedly together? All together. I know we're listening to me talk these stats about loneliness and isolation and division, and I'm, I'm giving us some ways we can resolve this. And it's like, wait a minute. You're getting a little bit too, like, practical. You're just kind of stepping on my toes a little bit. Well, I'm doing it because I love you. <laughs> and... And one day Jesus is going to say, at least you told them. <laughs> at, at least you told them. What, what if we all prayed? Like all of us. Like we didn't just go, oh, that's the, for the praying guys. It's, it's funny to me that this service, which is the smaller of the two services, has far more people in pre-service prayer than second service. So I'm really going to let them have it. And, it, and it's, it's going to be, yeah, come on. I know, you're glad about that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you guys know what you're thinking. I want to be the only one having to get this. What if we all made it a, a desire to invite people to church? Like, that we really had an, an open eye and looking for opportunity. What if we all 
brought somebody to church. What if, all together, what if, what if we all acted like the health of our church depended on people being like me? And I'm not, I'm not expecting anybody to, to be Olympic, but I'm just saying... All, all together, all together means church matters. So, so that so church be, church becomes high on the priority list because it matters to God. So, when I'm working out my schedule, because here's what I know is the truth about all of us: you do what you want to do, you go where you want to go. You make time for the things you want to make time for. So, so if church really matters and all together really matters, then it, in my schedule, it's pretty high priority that my church gathers every Sunday and I'm a part of that the bulk of the time. No, that's not legalism. It's just saying having it as a priority in your schedule. That you just don't fit it in after all these other things. I was listening to a guy preach a message uh, recently. He was talking about he's in Jerusalem, and at noon, uh, they everything shut down for the Muslims to go to their prayer time. They're so committed to prayer. They're so committed. To seeking after their God, who is not our God, <laughs> right? But it, it's so prioritized on their on their schedule that they shut every they shut business down. Work doesn't come before God. What if, what if, if church really matters? What if we made it a part of our really thinking through budget? personal budget what if church really matters what if we made sure that we gave significant real energy to our church because let me just let me just say to you our world is a mess <laughs> our world is hurting our world is in need of a lot of help and this world needs a strong, vibrant, God-empowered, all-together church. I love this from the message, Ephesians 1.23. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to me that everybody can play a part, that everybody can have a chance, that everybody can make a difference, that all of the small parts that each one of us contributes can make a big impact. So let me just, let me take a few minutes and walk through a couple ideas. Number one idea is this. That was my introduction. Now I'm on my message. Yep. <laughs> Not really. 
Number one is together will grow your world. So Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body being fitted, held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, this causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The growth of the body for building up itself in love. Growth is the will of God. It is the will of God for our church to grow. It is the will of God for, for you to grow, for, your, for, for, for businesses to grow, for relationships to grow, for finances to grow, for people to grow. God is a, is, God, is a God who causes growth. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 says, I planted, Paulos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. And I, I'm convinced that God wants for our church, for your life, growth and quality and quantity. Right? He wants the church. God wants the number of people who get saved through our church to grow. God wants our influence to grow. God wants our passion for the things of God to grow. God wants our financial resources to grow. The, the only time a church is too big is when people get too small. And this passage is telling us that life comes from the head but flows through the joints, through the relationships. John Wesley said this, the books you read and the friends you keep will make the difference between who you are now and who you'll be at the end of next year. You've got to surround yourself with life-giving, godly relationships. John Maxwell said this, one is too small a number to achieve greatness. All together. And then, let me just give this idea, and then I want us to pray. Number two idea is this. When you're on the team, play. <laughs> Same verse, Ephesians 4.16. From whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each. Say, each means me. All right, some of you are afraid to say it, but go ahead and say it. Each means me. According to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So that means we participate. We co-operate. I think sometimes people, they come into a church like ours, and if you're a bit of an introvert, especially, it's hard to find a way in. Hello, starting point. <laughs> but I think sometimes people, they, they, this is what's going on in their head. I, I don't really feel like I'm a part of what's going on at that church. That's because you're not a part of what's actually going on. 
you're a part of watching what's going on. <laughs> you have a gift that God gave you to use for the growth of your church. First Peter 4.10 says, Each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Hey, let me, this is your life. At some point, you got to get out of the stands and get on the playing field. God, God didn't call you to watch. God didn't even call you to, to grade, observe. He actually called you to get in on the action. I've searched the Bible, and there's no spiritual gift of bystander. The bystander effect. People see stuff going on, and I should do that different. You got the vision, you get the job. All together. See, you feel like you're part of the family when you actually function as part of the family. Right? You feel like you're part of the church when you actually participate. And, you know, I'm looking around this room and I'm realizing that there's a lot of us that we just, we just come to church. But it's not God's will for your life to just come to church. There is a role for you to play. There is a part for you to play. Hey, listen, somebody needs your unique anointing that no one else could touch them but you. Somebody needs you to pay attention to them. Somebody needs you to care about them. Somebody needs a hug from you. Somebody, somebody needs the love that you can bring. I want to pray. I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. Father, I'm praying that you will help us uh, reach a place of diving in and becoming a cure, both curing our own life of loneliness and isolation, but God bringing the grace of God to this world. Father, I'm praying for every person in this room that you are speaking to us, Father, not in any kind of condemnation, but in terms of life. This is our life. This is the life that you want us to live. I'm praying, God, that every one of us will just have eyes open. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Just a couple of minutes left. You know, the first connection is the connection with Jesus. And just as you can't ever live your best life 
disconnected from people, you definitely can't live your best life disconnected from Jesus. Maybe you don't feel connected to him. And I want to pray with you. I want, to, I want us to join together and move forward in this moment. Maybe you've never done that before. This would be a great morning for you to do it. Maybe you are in this room and you could point back to a time where you used to be a whole lot closer to God than you are now. And you realize it and it's time for you to say, God, I, want, <laughs> I need to reconnect. I want to come back home. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand. But if, that, if any one of those calls to your heart and you realize, I, I, don't, I don't feel connected. I don't feel like in a real way connected to God, to Jesus. Or I know I've slipped or I, just, I, don't, I don't feel confident about where I stand. Would you pray with me, Pastor? I want you to lift your hand real high all over this room and just say, that's, that's me. God bless you. Come on, God bless you. God bless you. Just right where you are. Come on, like I always say, this isn't, this isn't any call for you to get your act together. This is, this is definitely a call for you to surrender to that loving connection. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's pray together. There were several hands raised around the room. I'd like for us all to pray this prayer together. It's especially for those of you who lifted your hand. Let's pray this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you. I need you in my life, in my world, as my Lord. I know I've sinned, but I come to the cross where you have paid the price for my forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start, a new beginning, as I surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ over my life. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.